Hi, everyone. Before we start the show, I just want to let you know that if you enjoy the Dare Daniel podcast, if you like the work we're doing here, you can help us grow the show by making a donation through the Dare Daniel website. Your generous contributions will help offset the cost of producing the show and will also enable long-term projects like producing additional content, creating merchandise, things like that. You can make a one-time payment or set up a monthly subscription. Any amount helps, and it's really greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot, and here's the show. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News Interview. My co-host, as always, is comedian Corky McDonald. Say hi, Corky. Ahoy, polloi. On this itty-bitty little fun-sized mini-episode, we're going to talk about the film we will be reviewing next week. We're going to take a look back at our previous review of Clifford. That's Martin Short Clifford, not Big Red Dog Clifford. We're going to answer our question of the week, favorite Martin Short movie scene... We're going to read some responses to that as well from our yep. listeners, yep. and we are also going to read a few of your movie dares. But first of all, let's talk about the film we will re- be reviewing next week, Corky McDonald. Yes, sir. Are you a fan of professional wrestling? Talk about it. No, I'm not a fan of professional wrestling. You're not a fan. I, I was when I was a child, right? And then there was one age where I was just like, no, I can't fucking like this anymore. Can't do it. But I am a fan. Of all the backstage shit. Okay. I love looking up wrestler interviews. I love all the seedy underbelly of wrestling. Uh-huh. You I love guess, like uh, wrestling Babylon, right? Like you, you love the dirt. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's me. Yeah. I watch YouTube breaking kayfabe commentaries all the time. Well, if you like dirt, <laughs> more specifically, if you like poop. Poop stained dirt. And you tolerate wrestling? Have I got the film for you, Corky? It is from the year 2000. It stars what can only be described as a dream team. Sure. Of what's his name? David Arquette. Uh-huh. And what's his name? Scott Kahn. Stars is doing some heavy lifting in that. Couple of Hollywood trust fund motherfuckers <laughs> starring in a movie together. The film is called Ready to Rumble. Let's listen to a trailer. Buenos nachos. Corey, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. Are you fluent? No. I feel fine. Gordy and Sean had dead-end jobs. People always said I was a dreamer, an idiot, and a waste of life, and I will never amount to anything. Hit me, baby, one more time. No luck with the ladies. Brittany, let's go out again. We'll talk about me and you. Dude, you're in there. And no one to look up to. Freeze! Your sister shot her first perp today. That's nice, Gammy. But at least they had a hero. Jimmy King is the greatest wrestler of all time. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake! Down goes Jimmy King! Oh my God, a four-post massacre! No one can survive this! This isn't even a pay-per-view! Would that be raw sewage, I'm smelling? They kind of always liked that smell. Now, these dreamers... Me and my associate, we're on a quest to find King. It's him! King King! ...will go to any lengths... Please, Crowder! Oh, no! Oh, that was great! 
and do whatever it takes. We got a friend who's gonna get you a trainer. Everybody knows wrestling's fake. To put their king... Do I feel fake? ...back on his throne. Any match, any time! The steel cage. Steel cage wins! So that was Ready to Rumble from the year 2000. A wrestling film named after a boxing slogan. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? (laughs) Do not take that to indicate that this movie is sloppy in any way. Not at all. Not at all. Directed by Brian Robbins, uh, who is a terrible director. It stars (laughs) David Arquette and Scott Kahn. Who are terrible actors. It is available to rent on all the usual VOD services. It's also available to stream for free with ads on Vudu. Again. If you're listening to this in 2023, yeah. you come find us, and I will smack your face. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I just got violent for a second. That was intense. I think it's the wrestling. Yeah. You've been exposed to it, and it's not it's not good for you. I would be a boring wrestler promoter, though, because that's my, like, <laughs> I will smack your face, brother. Yeah. They should have a character who's, like, the subdued wrestler. <laughs> He's just very... <laughs> doesn't get hyped or animated. Well, I'll tell you, me, Gene. Listen, you, first of all, you don't have to yell. <laughs> uh, Let's just take this down a notch. Yeah, respect is key to me. Uh, yeah, so that's Ready to Rumble. It's a fun episode to record. It'll be a fun one for people to hear. Yeah. Um, and just as a little teaser, there are a lot of jokes about poop. Oh. So now let's take a look back at la- our previous review of the movie Clifford. Clifford, Corky, anything with the benefit of time that now you have to say about Clifford, any new revelations on Clifford, anything to add to our review? I am empty. Yeah. That movie almost broke me. Yeah. I really, really almost stopped watching that movie. For sure. I was going to just come into this podcast and be like, you got to talk for the last 20 minutes because I got nothing. Totally understandable. No, it was a miserable, miserable experience. I don't know if I talked about this on the episode, but the the film was delayed for like five years, and I remember reading about it when I was a kid. I mean, because I was always kind of a film nut, but I remember reading about this when it first was announced when I was probably like 13 years old or something, and it's like, oh, Martin Short plays a 10-year-old, and Charles Grodin is his uncle. And at the time, I was like, I'm 13. This sounds fantastic. Sure. I want to see this movie. And then every year or so, they would post an update of like, oh, Clifford's going to come out this year. No, no, it got pushed back. No, Clifford coming out? No, no, no. By the time it finally came out, I think I was 18 years old and was like, are you fucking kidding You're me? You're a world-weary <laughs> 18. That, that four years on the shelf <laughs> was like my entire like human development happened right there. It's You're just an like old wizard. All 18. symbolized from like how, how interested I was in seeing Martin Short play an 11-year-old. And uh, as I've gotten older, my interest has only decreased. I remember as a 13-year-old being really excited. I was like, oh, there's a new Mary Steenburgen movie out? <laughs> When am I getting my Mary Steenburgen movie? Absolutely. Is Larry Miller in this? If not, go to hell. Um, But as much as we hated Clifford, and I think it's fair to say that we both hated it, it's fair to say? uh, Very fair to say. Is it also fair to say that you and I, generally speaking, are we like Martin Short? I love Martin Short. Yeah, we're fans of Martin Short. Yeah. I will say that a little bit goes a long way. 
Yes. Uh, his best self is a comedy sketch, a talk show segment, or just a cameo, generally you, speaking. It's not, not usually something you want to see the whole movie. It's a little limited. You nailed it when you said he's just, he can't carry a movie. He's not a lead. Yeah. Five to ten minutes at a time, a concentrated dose, yeah. that's what you want. But, yeah. you know, too much can go go way too far. So we thought, you know, instead of just picking, as we did a couple weeks ago, with the best Al Pacino performance, let's go even more granular with it. <clears throat> let's say best Martin Short movie scene. Martin Short movie scene. A single scene, since his best self is a short, <laughs> short little dose. Do you have a pick for best Martin Short movie scene? I do. And let me just back up real fast and say why I love Martin Short and wh- or why as a child growing up, sure. seeing him on Saturday Night Live first, then going back and seeing the stuff he did on SCTV. Uh, yeah. The goofiness, the weirdness, the just out of nowhere bizarre character. Yeah. The physical delivery. He's a weird looking guy. Yeah. And he uses that to his advantage. Absolutely. So I love the Ed Grimley characters. Sure. I love uh, Jackie Rogers Jr., Absolutely. Million Dollar Jackpot Wad, my favorite Saturday Night Live sketch. Yeah, absolutely. So he can do no wrong in those bits. But the scene I picked is I love it not for any of those reasons. Hmm. He's a weird character, but he's not physic. It's not his physicality. At least it's a very subdued physicality. Mm-hmm. It's from an independent movie, uh, The Big Picture. Oh, motherfucker. Did you take my scene? Neil Sussman in The Big Picture. <laughs> Which scene did you pick? I picked the scene, not the scene where he's knitting. I picked the scene where he's taking the meeting at the restaurant. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I told you not to steal my scene. You son of a bitch. All right, you go ahead. He's so fucking good in this That's, scene. Oh, just, it's amazing. It is, it's three minutes of just pure theater. Yeah, he's just, it, it, and it starts, it opens with him with this kind of like droopy-eyed look, with a, which on Martin Short just tells you like, oh my God, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's unhinged. And he's just sitting there looking at nothing very dazedly. But he says things like, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to bullshit you. Because then it becomes just like that thing. <laughs> And then just leaves it empty, doesn't tell you what the thing is. And he's constantly getting distracted yes. by something. And what is so amazing about this scene, filmmakers, please take note. Yeah. What's so amazing and what's so funny about the scene, it doesn't cut away. No reactions. It is on Martin Short the whole time and Kevin Bacon, who is totally the straight man in this scene. Yeah. Kevin Bacon's the filmmaker is taking a meeting with his producer, Neil Sussman, call him Neil, his father's Mr. Sussman. He lives in Miami Beach. <laughs> he lives in Miami Beach. And he says to him, he says to him, every line is just a total gem. Yeah. I've been here a million times with my wife, and I will tell you, the gaucho steak <laughs> is to die for. <laughs> and he tells Nick this amazing line. Look, Nick, I'm not gonna bullshit you. I don't know you. I don't know your work. And I think that you are a very, very talented young man, and I'm never wrong about these things. <laughs> His just, level of bullshit is nonstop. He just looks over the shoulder of Kevin Bacon off at somebody, waves his fingers like, I'm uh, not talking to you. Oh, 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 I'm not talking to you. Call me. <laughs> In the middle of this amazing, where he's trying to court Kevin Bacon, yeah. the waiter comes by and he says, asks him to send an almond tort <laughs> to, to a, a gentleman over at another table. And then the only other shot you get is on that waiter's when he comes back and he says, uh, did you send that almond tort over? And he's like, yeah. How did he take it? Well, he seemed pleased with an underlying note of sadness. And then you just see Martin Short react like, oh. <laughs> it's so amazing. And he's, we should say that he's wearing 
uh, his has curly red yeah. hair. Smoking a cigarette. He's wearing the kind of suits that they were in the late 80s where like the sleeves, there's like long, uh, short sleeves. So you yeah. see his wrists and everything and he's wearing like light colors. It's just an amazing bit. His voice, his reactions to everything, how he can't get through a sentence without getting distracted. By I something. bet this scene was based on him and Christopher Guest on all their meetings with Hollywood agents. Yeah. Just like the bullshit. Yeah. All those lines probably came from actual interviews Absolutely. or lunch meetings. You yeah. Know? And I think the big picture, it's a good movie. I don't think it's a great movie. No, 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 no. Martin Short in his three or four scenes in the film is gold. And this scene, you're right, is the best one. The scene when he's knitting is pretty good, too. That's pretty good, too. And also, I just love the line. You're making a huge mistake. <laughs> so, did you have any uh, honorable mention scenes that you wanted to mention? Uh, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, the other one that I thought would even rate was the Three Amigos scene, uh, Little Nitty N- Knickerbocker, when he's telling the story of Lillian uh-huh. Gish. Yeah. <laughs> Young man, you have got it. And a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of Mexican village residents, they don't understand what the fuck he's talking about. Lillian Gish. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I, I really like him in Inner Space. Mm. And I thought the waiting room scene in Inner Space, which is has Joe Flaherty and Andrea Martin from SCT sure. TV cameo and ends with him saying, I'm possessed. Right. And then a shout out to his Dr. Rudy Blatnoid from Inherent Vice. I haven't seen that. It's not groovy to be insane. <laughs> so that is Martin Short. Check out the big picture, especially his work in the big picture. I'll put a clip to that scene since we both picked it in the post for the show. So now, Quirky, you uh, got some responses on Twitter. You put this question out about Martin Short on Twitter. What did our followers have to say? So I put it out on the social, but uh, I broadened it a little bit for the masses. I just asked, what's your favorite Martin Short performance? I want to give credit to the Coming Off the Reels podcast because I kind of tagged it onto one of their favorite tweets. At Invasion Remake podcast told us that they're reading this book right now and they're going to go with pure luck. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pure luck. Which is, I only remember because his face was bloated in uh-huh. that one scene. That's all I remember about yeah. that movie. That's with Nick Nolte, right? No, that's with Danny Glover. Oh, what's the one with Nick Nolte? Three Fugitives. Three Fugitives. Okay. That's the same basic movie. Yeah. Probably. At the Film Cactus podcast responded with Between His Roles in Merlin, 1998. Or Alice in Wonderland, 1999. Is that 99? movies? I have no idea what those are. They've, they've included a gif of him, but it doesn't look like 99. I think he was the Mad Hatter. He was Hatter. in that one, yeah. He was in the Mad Hatter in that one that was in the 80s, I think it was. Late no, 80s or no, late no. 80s. This would have been Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Oh, no. Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland came out in like 2010. Yeah, right. That's not 99. Yeah. So Who is this person? Unfall. <laughs> At... <laughs> At, no, we're not going to unfollow, follow that person. Unfollow. At Mad Dash. Lock mute. Said Captain Ron, which I've never seen. But I've it, never seen it either. It's weird. I, From what I understand, he plays the straight man in that movie? To Kurt Russell. Yes. That's just fantastic. At Casual Cinecast uh, responded, that is the correct answer. Or Ned from Three Amigos, which I'm down with Ned from Three Amigos. Oh, sure. Little Neddy Nederlander. Absolutely. Those are the responses we got him, and we really appreciate you guys taking the time to respond to our questions of the Week. Yeah, thank you. And please interact with us on Twitter. We're putting out more of these questions a week, and we will read your responses on the show. Thank you so much. Also, again, thank you to Coming Off The Reels Podcast for letting us tag on. That's at Off The Reels. Check them out. They're really fun. Yeah, follow them. Don't unfollow them like we unfollowed the other one. Uh, so now we're going to read a few of your movie dares, and thank you everyone who's been leaving these dares on DearDaniel.com. Uh, there's a Submit a Dare button on the website there, and you can also hit us up on the social media if you want to. If you do, though, we're going to tell you to go that route, but please send to, to yeah. social media. Interact with us in some way. We are lonely. Uh, our first dare comes to us from Gav. I believe this is Gav from the Films on Trial podcast. Okay, cool. 
And thank another, you very much to Gav and all those guys for supporting us. Yeah, another podcast you should definitely check out. What does Gav dare us to watch? He dares us to watch a little film called Heart Condition. Mm. Do you know Heart Condition? No. This film it was released in 1990. It stars Bob Hoskins and Denzel Washington. Right. This was Bob Hoskins less than two years after Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Denzel Washington literally the same month he won his Oscar for glory. Heart condition. Why did Gavin dare us to watch this film? He says, hey, guys, big fan of the show. So that's how you get your life. Yeah, really. Show, right? Get that right off the top. We need it. Thought I'd submit a dare through the appropriate channel for once instead of pestering you on Twitter. Again, well done, Gav. Gav gets it. I've been watching a lot of Denzel films recently, and I've just discovered this hidden gem. Our mate Denz plays a lawyer. He's English, so he says our mate. He also says judge. Judge. (laughs) For judge. Our mate Denz plays a barrister Mm -hmm. uh, who dies. His heart is given to racist Bobby Bob Hoskins. Cop. Uh, but <laughs> I'll read this in American. Uh, Dens plays a lawyer who dies. His heart is given to racist cop Bob Hoskins. I'm laughing already. <laughs> but it's not just his heart he receives as he gets his ghost as well. The two of them try to work out their racial tensions and attempt to discover who killed Dens. Hilarity ensues, supposedly. This film is painfully obvious, but it does feature something you don't get enough of these days in Hollywood, a comedy set piece featuring a 10-inch dildo. Mm. Thanks, guys, and good luck. Yeah, pretty rough stuff. That sounds really bad. I have never seen it. I remember when it came out, and it was really uh, shit all over. I saw it. Oh, you I, saw it? I you, saw it when I was like 13. Do you don't remember anything about it? I just rem- I remember Denzel Washington following Bob Hoskins around, his ghost, right. and I remember being surprised that Bob Hoskins was just so racist. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all I remember. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much, Gav, for that. That is heart condition. Our next dare comes to us from our, my beautiful wife, Darcy. Uh, oh, hey, Darcy. Darcy dares us to watch Fever Pitch. Do you know Fever Pitch? I've heard of it. This is a film from 2005. It stars Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. It was directed by the Farrelly Brothers, scripted by Laul Gans and Bablu Mandel. So oh, you, my God. So you know it's good. Yeah. All right. Gun to your head. Lala Gans or Babalu Mandel? You can only pick one. Babalu. Are you kidding? No, I'm going Babalu. Such all a Gans the way. man. <laughs> it's Babalu, baby. I am such a Gans man. It's got the Ricky Ricardo pedigree to it. <laughs> Come on, Babalu. Ah, Babalu was all set up though. He was all structure. Gans was the punchline. <laughs> oh God. We actually saw a clip of this movie. This is why Darcy did you know, watch it. We were in a tasting room at a brewery and it was playing on the MLB network. Uh, this is the movie with Jimmy Fallon as a Red Sox fan. It's actually a remake of a British film. Oh, really? About a soccer fan, starred Vinnie Jones. I didn't know that. Um, but the American Vinnie Jones, Jimmy Fallon, stars <laughs> uh, <laughs> here. <laughs> The IMDb synopsis says, Lindsay, I guess that's Drew Barrymore, is stuck in the middle of her relationship with Ben, that's Jimmy Fallon, and his passion for the Boston Red Sox. So it's about the Sox, so you could expect a lot of real authentic Boston accent. <laughs> Not as good as that, though. Why did Darcy dare me, and really us, because she's going to have to watch it with me. Sorry, <laughs> bubs. <She's> gonna, <laughs> why did she wa- dare us to watch it? She says, fever pitch because Jimmy Fallon is an amazing actor and baseball so that is Fever Pitch. Do you like Jimmy Fallon? No. I despise Jimmy yeah. Fallon. I don't I don't hate him, but I don't like him. I just, he's so he awful. never added anything to Saturday Night Live. Has nothing. His whole thing was just breaking up in the background. Mugging and yeah. then songs. Uh, just 
Absolutely. If you needed a song that was popular, but to make it about chilies or something uh, like that, hilarious. that was Jimmy Fallon. Hilarious. Yeah, I was talking to my wife about this, and it's kind of like when I when we were growing up, if you hated Johnny Carson, you still probably watched. Yeah, you had you had two three, choices, three two to four th- networks, yeah. right? And there wasn't a not. You didn't have cell phones that played media nonstop. There's no YouTube. There's no cable. There's no anything else. You have such a a plethora of options. How do ever? How does everyone come in at the same time of the same night and watch Jimmy Fallon? The thing that I will support, though, that he put the roots on national late night television. I love the roots. And, oh, okay. And him giving them that shot. That's that, not like they do. They really need the roots. Were not that uh, big. The roots. No, I don't. I wouldn't say mainstream the late night gig as a house band on a national television yeah congratulations for selling out the roots oh <laughs> you guys are great you guys are fantastic you've earned your spot you did not sell out you toured 230 nights a year every year for 20 years yeah and no one had ever heard of you though Ugh. come on quirky we're different we're coming from different spots on this one daniel i love the roots no no it sounds like you just called them sellouts yeah they aligned with Jimmy Fallon. They're fucking sellouts. <laughs> Your nemesis. <laughs> yes, exactly. Any house band of my enemy hey, look, is my enemy. I love LeBron James, but I'm rooting against him. He's a oh, goddamn Laker, okay? True. It's yeah. the same thing. It's the same damn deal. I see they, your point. They aligned with evil. They are dead to me. You made a sports analogy. As a man, I have to acknowledge you the correctness. To. You have to. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, so that's all we have on this mini episode of Dear Daniel Pog. Uh, tune back in on Tuesday for our review of Ready to Rumble with Scott Kahn and David Arquette. Can we even say the name of that movie without having to give saying. Michael Buffer like, money? I, do I have to give it in some kind of a context? I didn't say, are you Or let's to get. Work? Yeah. Is it just public? Can I say it at all? Can I say let's get and then you say the last three words? Yeah. Okay. Let's get Rumble. <laughs> Dan, you fucking blew it. Oh, no. <laughs> Line. <laughs> so that's it. Tune back in. Ready to rumble. Poop and toilet paper. It's exciting. That's some of that Gans punchline magic you just worked. Oh, that's the Gans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to lay down the capital Gans tax. <laughs> I'm Gans with the wind over here. <laughs> I think the show's over. Right? Yeah, we're okay. done. We're done. Bye. <laughs>